Why is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Right, I need to be recording this again. I stop recording it. No, it's fine. So no, you and what was your friend's name? Francesca. Okay. And so this photo that your mom posted, it's you and your friend. Yes. I'm in my lame is sweatshirt with my Euro mullet. And okay. we, we made a bunt cake. We were in England mm-hmm. and we made a bunt cake, which I don't think they really do bunt cakes there, but it, um, was the Battle of Gettysburg? Because that always makes me hungry. Right. And then we wrote a note and dedicated it to George Hazard and Ori Main, who we loved forever because we were obsessed with North and South Book Two, the miniseries. Also the first one, but Book Two especially. Patrick Swayze? Mm. Everybody was in that. We could do an entire <laughs> podcast on the people who were on that in that miniseries. But yes, Patrick Swayze was Ori Main. And then Rachel, now German Rachel, right. commented on my mother's Facebook post about it that I also got her way into North and South when I moved back to America. So mm. I clearly, I mean, I was all about it. Yeah. I didn't really understand the full meaning of the civil war and all of those elements. I just understood that Patrick Swayze was awfully cute in uniform. Right. I just, I, here's my question or here's my issue. Yes. No matter what you do or do not know about the civil war, (laughs) because obviously you're being educated, different system. How did that affect your view on the American revolution? Another question, another time. Yeah, I can um, never make... They didn't make a good miniseries. Right. Like, but you give me a good Revolutionary War, you know, friends from both sides. Right. I, I was going to say, I don't know if uh, Gettysburg makes a great cake, but then what do you put on a Gettysburg-themed cake? So I had this collection. Dead bodies, blood well, everywhere. We, th- well, there was. There was, like, frosting blood but I had these little like ducks and frogs that I got at this little store in our village called Jeffrey Mond. And they were just these little figurines. They were tiny and mm. they were all of our various soldiers troops. How many ducks and frogs were at Gettysburg from your research? I, I don't know, but you know what? And as I'm talking to you, I'm, and you asked that question, I realize there probably were ducks and frogs at Gettysburg and they're, they're, Habitat and environment was probably severely disrupted by this battle. So perhaps I was actually doing an homage to the poor mm. frucks, fro- frucks, the frucks, <laughs> <laughs> frucks and dogs that right. were disrupted. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's a nice attempt to sort of retrofit um, themed I got, baked goods into. I got something. nothing. No, <laughs> I don't uh, know. Did you guys do an Appomattox? No, but mm. we should have. Yeah. I feel like that would have been more likely a... I feel like that's not really cupcakes, though. Mm. That might be a strudel. This is Why, with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. Myself, worried about whether I was good enough, if the things I felt were wrong or even crazy. 
That's why I talk to my doctor about Femtrexol. If you are a woman 14 to 70 and feel overwhelmed by your feelings, Femtrexol can help. Oh, man from the school came by. Brought you your medicine. I'm not going to take it. The innocent good times we'll remember for the rest of our lives. Is this some kind of YouTube thing? Oh, right, no. The universe appears to me like an immense, inexorable torture garden. Do you agree or disagree and why? Why are you avoiding this intimate mother daughter bonding time? Why? Is it cool when you see two ugly people totally in love? Oh my god. I think we're venturing into campion scene territory. No. How'd you get the gig? Um. <laughs> So it's all about networking, right? Because my um, a friend of mine from college uh, had seen the posting on Backstage.com and I didn't even have a Backstage at that point because I'm a terrible actor. <laughs> um, and, um, and so she sent the uh, posting to me and, um, and I created a, an account and I submitted to Keith. And um, I think I actually sat in his inbox for like a year. Um, cause I got no reply. And then, um, like about a year later, he, I guess he had started looking again and he, uh, and he saw me in his backstage inbox or whatever. And, um, and he sent me the script and asked if I was still interested and I was very interested. And, um, so then he had me do a tape of a couple of scenes and then, um, and then started bringing me in for callbacks in New York and stuff. And that was really, really fun. Hmm. Well, and it's, I mean, you are, you are so good in it. And I know you've done a lot of stage work, but it's a different art form, you know, acting for films so different. For sure. It's a whole different beast. How was that? How was that first time on set making that transition to this other beast? Yeah. Um. It was very there was for sure a learning curve. Um, and I have to give a lot of credit to, to Keith and, and the producers for like taking a chance on someone who was so green to, you know, head up their film. <laughs> it's different if they like, you know, cast someone for a bit part or like a day player and they're not a film actor, but um, for someone who's just absolutely so green to like lead the movie is um, that's, you know, that was a big swing on their part. And, Thankfully it paid off. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of, there was a lot of differences. So first of all, like the main one is like the difference in like nuance and the, um, just the size of the acting. Cause like if you're in theater, you know, you're playing to the back of the house, as we say, you got to make sure that everybody um, can see you and hear you and, uh, follow the story whereas with film it's like so so subtle it's like right up close in your face you can just think thoughts and they'll appear on your face and um so there's a lot of like just learning how that tones down particularly when there's a camera that's like right next to you like an yeah. inch from your face like I felt like Elizabeth Moss on uh, Handmaid's Tale a couple of times where I was like <laughs> this camera is so close um <laughs> But then there's also the, like, the, um, just, like, the chronology of the whole, like, production is, like, so vastly different because you will film scenes from entirely different timelines in the movie um, just, like, on the same day. And whereas with 
theater, like you might work scenes that are from different parts of the play, but like generally, like once you get into the rhythm of it, then you're performing the whole story throughout the play every night and you you get that whole experience every night um whereas with film it's like you just do the scene and then if they got what they needed then you never touch that again and so you really have to do a lot of your um actor homework beforehand uh in theater there's a thing called uh table work which is like the first week of rehearsals typically everyone is sitting down you pick through the script and you really dissect everything that goes on um like as a whole team. And for this, I kind of did a lot of that table work myself um, before even getting to set. I The couple of weeks before we started shooting, um, I had the script or, or the, the iteration of the script that was available at that time. And, um, and I have this notebook that I just, I filled out like each scene I broke down into beats I picked through everything that any character says about me. I picked through everything that I say about myself. I and just like building this like Bible for myself that I would then retrace like uh, the night before we would shoot scenes. We'd get a list of scenes and I would um, I'd look through all my notes from that scene and then I'd go and build a whole new page of new notes the night before um so yeah it was a lot of there's a lot of homework involved for for me at least that I I um you know maybe at some point if I do more film I'll get a little it'll get easier but um you have to really know your your character inside and out from from day one one of the things that I think the film does such a good job and and it's that relationship between you and your co-star and Chloe did you guys do a lot of work before starting the film just to get to know each other better? Or was it sort of day one? Hey, how are you? Actually? Yeah, actually, Chloe was finishing uh, filming another project when we started filming this. So the first four days was just stuff with me and um, some stuff with, with Baba who plays my love interest and stuff with my father. Um, and so Chloe came in, on day five and we had the scene in in the bathroom where she tells me that uh she slept with stevie d and yeah (laughs) um and that was our first scene together we had met at auditions um and we were kind of like messaging back and forth over instagram a little bit beforehand but really like that was the first scene we just kind of had to like get it going we didn't have any time to to connect and I think it's like really interesting because Chloe and I are still like really good friends to this day um we have we have zoom calls a lot and we just chit chat and it's really excellent I, I miss her so much um but I I think it's really fortunate that we just clicked immediately um because it it works so well and it, I think it comes out on the screen it does I feel like that's such a risk because the that that relationship is so pivotal through the I mean that the whole film is that relationship and if you guys hadn't clicked no matter how good of actors you were I don't know that it would have translated as well you could just feel that energy yeah for sure it's um it's so lucky I mean I had uh we had a couple of like um chemistry reads with uh, a couple of actresses 
Um, and Chloe was the, the one that like, I really, um, I really felt a connection with and like, she's just so weird and like this, like weird, like <laughs> in a, in a way that like really connects with me and my weirdness. And we just have like the same sense of humor and we liked the same things. And, um, and it was kind of helpful the first day that we were, uh, filming together, or I think it was the second day we were filming, doing a lot of stuff in the school and, um, and they had us in like our holding area was in a, uh, a classroom and they put both of us together, which was really nice. So uh, while they're setting up all their shots and, and we're waiting, uh, we're just sitting there shooting the shit. And like, I started pretending to be a teacher and like writing on the, on the chalkboard and lecturing about a very like bizarro, like science that I was coming up on the spot. And <laughs> she's just playing along. It was just, it was excellent to, um, to have those moments uh, in between to really just like get to know each other. But yeah. <laughs> and speaking of weird, the film literally from like frame one is weird. So, <laughs> yeah. Yes. In, in the best way possible. Right. You know, it, if you ever are like, because at first I'm going to be honest, I hear, you know, relationship story with two teenage girls and their lives doesn't necessarily i'm not your key demo is what i'm yeah. saying <laughs> and then from the opening credits onward which is just the two of you with your heads in microwaves <laughs> like it's sort of as a very subtle tip-off that this is not the type of film you average. think it's going to be yeah this no. is not your average this is not ladybird this is not books yeah <laughs> nope <laughs> and, and a number of little throwaways or gags hidden in the frame almost was the script like that when you read it? Or is that something that Keith kind of put in throughout? Did you know going in this was going to be either work or not? Like, it's a big swing in the yeah, best way possible. Yeah, I mean, possible. I definitely, when I first read the script, I was like, this is weird. This is a weirdo script, and um, and I love it. Um, <laughs> but also, you know, it was a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of hesitation, but like, again, I was like, I'm new to this film medium. So I'm just going to trust wholeheartedly that Keith and everyone on the production team knows what they're doing and has a vision for it. Um, what was really lucky was that Keith, knowing that I was so green to film, um, actually had me brought up to like production, like about a week before we started shooting so that I could really get to know everybody and see what was going on. Um, so in the production offices, they're like putting together the, the, uh, all the props that they're collecting the, you know, we're, we're trying on costumes and everything. And, and um, so I got to like really know like the lead props person, the lead makeup person, the lead, costume person and see what their vision was for everything but I think like rewinding back to the initial reading of the script and the audition process like that microwave bit is in the script like that wasn't an afterthought uh, that is like literally on the second page you're like okay nope I see this <laughs> um and um and like the history teacher the history teacher um and his like obsession with Ronald Reagan um, like that's all in the script and like you just kind of you get the feel from the the bizarro um bizarro land that they're they're telling I think it's a lot of uh magical realism and surrealism and um there's this lovely bit in the script that unfortunately didn't 
we had to cut on the day of shooting because the thing turned out to not be there. But so in the, um, the rainforest hallucination scenes, um, there we've shot that on location in the absolutely gorgeous, um, whole rainforest in Olympic national park in Washington. Um, and we shot that all in one day. We had like, we flew out there, we shot it and we flew back. And like, that was, that was it. Um, and it was just absolutely stunning. So gorgeous. But so Keith had lived in that area for a while and had this memory of this, there's this phone booth that's just in the middle of the rainforest and like just there and like defunct, but like sitting there. And so he wrote a scene where Janet like uses that phone booth to call Kat. And it was a really lovely scene. But unfortunately, once we got there, we learned that that phone booth had been taken out. (laughs) So, (laughs) but like having that central image in those like hallucination scenes in that, um, in that initial read of the script that I was uh, given, I was like, yeah, no, I I think I understand where this is going. (laughs) So everything about it, it just, it's such it's just, it's so unique. And like Luke said, it's so hard to pull that off with a girl film these days, like to, you know, friend coming in. Yeah. And it shouldn't be because girls aren't any different from boys. Like, I mean, it's hard to pull off uniquely for guy coming of age in fairness, coming of age films are hard to pull off these days. How about that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, like we see a lot of like, more weirdness in in guy coming of age films and i think you're allowed to take more uh more swings with those things women and girls and their stories are not as accepted or thought of as accessible which is you know just a symptom of our deeply patriarchal society that we live in um but i think that most people who I've talked to who've enjoyed the film, because um, like for some people, it's a little too weird. I understand that, you know, sometimes, you know, it's not everyone's taste. So that's right. fine. But most people who it clicked with, like, it doesn't matter their age or their gender or their race. Um, it just it it's still something something in it resonated with them. And that's, I think, really beautiful. As a first time actor, when you're on set doing something that is this trippy and bizarre and wonderfully surreal at times is there any point in the process where you just look around and go man i hope this plays right i hope this or was the (laughs) vibe on set with keith and and the rest of the crew where you're just like oh no we've got something special here i think because if someone had said to me put your head in a microwave we're going to film it (laughs) i might have a moment of like i see how this is going to be cool but I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. Yeah. Um <laughs> Okay, so 
I think the 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 main fears that I had with that were more focused about like I don't know if like what I'm doing is playing on camera because I you know the other difference with film and, and theater is that like with theater you have an immediate audience reaction that you can play off of um whereas film like everybody has to be dead silent and so like if I do something funny and I don't hear anyone laugh I'm like okay maybe that just wasn't funny but actually it was and they're just not allowed to laugh um I think one of the great things about the team that they assembled was that there was I felt I was talking to one of the more experienced actors on set and he mentioned how excellent it was that the the crew was really balanced in gender and there was a lot of diversity on the crew as well like racially and um our like our camera team was entirely women um and a lot of people were young and it just like it felt like we all kind of knew what we were like we all just kind of gelled and vibed and it was I think that like alleviated a lot of the fears of like I, I'm just going to trust them I'm going to trust that they know what they're doing our director of photography um Madeline Kate Can, she was only like two years older than me so at the time we were shooting, which was two years ago, she was, yeah, so she was 26, um, which is very young for director of photography. Yeah. Um, but she like absolutely knew what she wanted. She had very specific visions. She like built um, filters for the camera, like handmade her own filters um, to do some really cool and trippy effects. And, and she just, uh, she was, yeah, she was really specific. And I just, that sort of specificity from both her and from, from Keith, who was also very specific about his vision, um, that lends me a lot of like strength and structure. And I can, I feel like I can rely on that. So, yeah. After this experience that was so positive, are you still, are you feeling like you'd like to do more film or is theater really where your heart is or do you want to do both? Yeah, I want. I would love to explore more film. I I do love theater. I, at the moment, it's hard. I know. Um, anyone who's listening to this in the future, congratulations! Yeah. You survived the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But right now, everything is uh, everything is shut down, and I think theater is going to be one of the very last things to open up again, because it's both because it's structured around a large amount of people sharing an experience together in a, usually a tight space. Um, and also because it's based on people having disposable income, uh, which is another (laughs) difficulty right now. I think, um, I do, I do love theater. I love it so much and I miss it so much. Um, but I would definitely love to expand more into film. Um, I've had a couple of auditions for things here and there. Nothing's really picked up, but, um, I'm definitely trying to get more into that. Uh, part of the difficulty I've had for the past couple of years is I, I don't have any representation and it's much harder in film if you don't have representation to, to get going. Um, whereas where I am, I, I do like my home base is Philly and our theater scene is really excellent. You don't need an agent. You don't need anything like that. You can just do it all yourself. Um, 
so navigating getting representation and then navigating like those spaces and what that like that looks like um getting on casting directors radars like that's all a whole new world to me um it's very scary but i'm very game for it um so we're you know we're trying some new things <laughs> Love it. excellent was there a favorite sequence in the film to shoot that when you look back at it now you're like man that was the best day on set <laughs> i don't know about the best day on set but the most interesting day on set we had kind of a snow day where there was a a random snowstorm and a bunch of the stuff that we had planned to shoot for a day had had to get um canceled and moved uh so they found this like big old warehouse and we shot two things that day and it was the microwave sequence um and then it was the uh part of another one of janet's hallucinations where um purple water like rises up and, and covers her face and um the purple water was so funny it was um this giant tub of purple kool-aid and they essentially just lowered me into it uh we did two takes of it because we had you know limited number of costumes and in between to reset i had to go take a shower and then uh get my hair my i have a lot of hair so drying that was like a whole nother time and then we had to reapply any makeup that was on me and then uh they had to reset the the like um the board that i was lying on with the sheets and the teddy bear and the um and so we did it twice <laughs> and but just like the amount of like bizarro worlds that went into that just to get this one really quick shot was so fun and um and of course also getting lowered into purple kool-aid like horizontally like it just went right up my nose everything oh. smelled purple for the next day it was great <laughs> antarctica which kimia stars in is now available on amazon prime with all of the talk of the best movies of last year both Heidi and I really like this one and we recommend that you check it out you can follow us on all the various socials our website is whythepodcast.com and has all sorts of additional stories and videos it's also where you can sign up for our newsletter we're also on YouTube if you're into that kind of thing and don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes because if you don't We'll call your mother and tell her that she's completely right. You would look so much prettier if you smiled more. Why the Podcast is part of Mudhouse Media. Today's show was produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sove and Sandy Stone. Our willing executive producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our graphic designer is Samantha Mustonen. The theme song was performed by the Electrosynth O Magnetic Polyphonic Orchestra. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home. Nigel, is that you? 
Are you here, Nigel?